Chapter Nine of Andiron Tales by John Bangs. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. On the Ocycle, a narrow escape. Well, said the polar bear, as the Ocycle started on its downward course, I'm mighty glad we're off and away from those other creatures on that trolley. They were a dishonest lot. So am I, came a voice from behind him that made the bear jump nervously for it was none other than the flamingo so are the rest of us added a lot of voices in chorus and tom turning to see who beside himself and his companions had got aboard was hugely amused to see the kangaroo the monkey the hippopotamus and all the other creatures from the trolley save only the conductor and motorman seated there behind as happy as you please it doesn't pay to associate with conductors said the flamingo they don't think of anything but money all the time and they're awfully rude about it sometimes why i knew a conductor once who refused to change a hundred dollar bill for me i don't believe you ever had a hundred dollar bill growled the hippopotamus i've got one i wouldn't sell for one thousand dollars said the flamingo it's the one i eat with he added that's not legal tender said the polar bear you couldn't change it if it was sneered the flamingo i could change it in a minute if i wanted to said the polar bear with a chuckle what with cash demanded the flamingo scornfully no with one whack of my paw said the bear shaking his fist menacingly at the flamingo i could change your whole face for that matter he added with a frown i was only fooling poley old man said the flamingo a trifle worried of course you could but you wouldn't would you not unless i had to replied the bear but gee aren't we just whizzing along are you cold tom yes said tom with a shiver just a little well come sit next to me and i'll let you use my furs i don't need em myself i'm a pretty warm bear considering where i come from sit close gentlemen cried the man in charge of the ocycle we're coming to a thank you marm look out look out hang together by jove there goes the monkey and sure enough off the monkey flew as the ocycle crossed the hump in enormous rate of speed hi there you fellows the monkey shrieked as he landed in the soft snow wait a minute hi you stop wait for me can't do it roared the man in charge can't stop going too fast but what am i going to do shrieked the monkey excitedly get inside of a snowball and roll down we'll catch you on the way back the kangaroo yelled and as they passed out of hearing of the monkey's voice no one knew how the little creature took the suggestion i'm glad he's gone said the hippopotamus he was a nuisance and i tell you i, I had a narrow escape he had his tail wound around my neck a minute before he might have yanked me off with him yanked you said the old gentleman from saturn gazing contemptuously at the hippopotamus bosh the idea of a seven-pound monkey yanking a three-ton hippopotamus what roared the man in charge a what how much which three ton said the old gentleman from saturn that's what he weighs i know because he stepped on my toe getting off the trolley but it's against the law cried the man in charge we're not allowed to carry more than one thousand pounds on these machines hump laughed the kangaroo it's very evident hippie that you'll have to go way back and lose some weight i can't help weighing three tons said the hippopotamus i'm built that way that's all right said the man in charge wringing his hands in despair but you'll have to get off if you don't we'll go over the edge 
his voice rose to a shriek tom's heart sank and he half rose up sit still said the two andirons grabbing him by the arm we're in for it we've got to take what comes right you are said the bellows don't you bother tom we'll come out all right in the end but what's the trouble mr man asked the poker what's the hippo's weight got to do with our going over the edge why can't you see explained the man in charge his six thousand pounds pushing the machine along from behind there gives us just so much extra speed and all the brakes in the world won't stop us now we've got going unless he gets off the announcement made an immediate panic and the polar bear began to cry like a baby oh why did i ever come he moaned as the tears trickled down his nose and froze into a great icicle at the end of it when i might have stayed home riding around on my own private iceberg stop your whimpering said the kangaroo brace up and be a man i don't want to be a man blubbered the bear i'm satisfied to be a poor miserable little polar bear you've got to jump hippy said the flamingo that's all there is about it sir replied the hippopotamus solemnly i shall not jump it would ill comport with my dignity for me to try to jump as if i were merely a kangaroo no sir here i sit firm as a rock you might as well ask an elephant to dance a jig we'll put you off if you don't get off of your own accord roared the polar bear bracing up and removing the icicle from his nose he shook it angrily at the hippopotamus all right said the hippopotamus with a pleasant smile all right has any gentleman brought a derrick along with him to assist in the operation you don't happen to have a freight elevator in your pocket do you mr kangaroo pry him off poker cried the kangaroo i would if i could answered the poker mournfully but i'm not a crowbar well then all together here shouted the man from saturn line up and we'll shove him off there was a frantic rush at the stolid hippopotamus in response to this suggestion but they might as well have tried to, to batter down the rock of gibraltar by hurling feathers against it so firmly fixed in his seat was this passenger of outrageous weight come again gentlemen said the hippopotamus suavely there's nothing better for the complexion than a good rub and i assure you you have placed me under an obligation to you prod him with the icicle said the kangaroo to the polar bear i'm not moved by tears even if they are frozen and sharpened to a point laughed the hippopotamus as the polar bear did as he was told smashing the icicle without so much as denting the hippo's flesh well if you won't jump i will said the man from saturn angrily if i'm hurt i take it out of your hide when we meet again all right retorted the hippopotamus you'll have to get a steam drill and blast it out bye-bye the man from saturn jumped and landed head first in the snow but whether he was hurt or not the party never knew for their speed was now so terrific that he had barely landed before they whizzed past the bottom of the hill and up the other incline it became clear too as they sped on that at such a fearful rate of progress nothing could now keep the off-cycle from going over the edge and the others began to lay plans for safety i'm going to jump for a passing trolley cloud the minute we get to the edge said the kangaroo i don't know what i shall do sobbed the polar bear if i land on my feet i'll be all right for they're big and soft like sofa cushions but if i land on my head that's softer yet polly laughed the flamingo who appeared to be less concerned than anybody if you land on your head it will be just as if you fell into a great bowl of oatmeal so you're all right i'm not afraid for myself said the poker 
i can drop any distance without serious injury being made of iron and my friends the andirons are equally fortunate the bellows too is comparatively safe the worst that can happen to him is to have the wind knocked out of him but it's tom we're bothered about said the right hand iron with an anxious glance at lefty you see we invited him to come off here with us and who is he anyhow demanded the flamingo glancing at tom in such a way that the youngster began to feel very uncomfortable i'm a dormouse said tom remembering the agreement not for this occasion put in the poker this time you're a boy and we've got to save you somehow or other and we'll do it tom so don't be afraid what kind of boy is he demanded the flamingo one of these bean snapping boys that go around shooting robins and hooking birds eggs when they haven't anything else to do not a bit of it said Friday. he never snapped a bean at a bird in all his life huh said the flamingo i suppose he's been too busy pulling feathers out of peacocks tails to decorate his room with to be bothering with robins and eggs never did such a thing in all my born days retorted tom indignantly probably not sneered the flamingo and why because you were so well satisfied keeping a canary locked up in a cage for your own pleasure that you hadn't any time to chase peacocks i've lived in the family forty years said the right hand iron and to my knowledge there was never a caged bird in the house really said the flamingo looking at tom with interest rather a new kind of boy this very few boys have a good record where birds are concerned tom's no enemy to birds observed the bellows i know that because i've been in his family longer than he has and i've watched him well said the flamingo if that's the case maybe i can help him one good turn deserves another if he is good to birds i may be able at this time to do good to him this trouble ahead of us doesn't bother me because i have wings and can fly here the flamingo flapped his wings proudly and i could take tom on my back and fly anywhere with him for i am an extremely powerful bird but i want to know one more thing about him before i undertake to save him we birds must stand together you know and i'm not going to befriend a foe to my kind under any circumstances thomas yes sir replied tom all of a tremble for he hadn't the slightest idea what was coming and as a truthful boy he knew that whatever the consequences to himself might be he must give the correct answer do you have sunday breakfast at home asked the flamingo yes sir tom replied respectfully you have coffee and hominy and toast and fried potatoes and all that queried the bird yes sir tom answered turning very pale however for he was in great dread of what he now saw was likely to come next and ah fruit said the flamingo oh yes plenty of fruit replied tom very nervously and now sir said the flamingo severely and ruffling his feathers like an angry turkey now for the main point thomas and mind you i want a truthful answer did you ever eat a broiled flamingo for your sunday morning breakfast tom breathed a sigh of relief as the flamingo blurted out the last part of the question no sir never he replied then hurry and climb up on my shoulders here the flamingo cried you're a boy after my own heart i believe you'd be kind to a stuffed parrot but hurry there's the edge right ahead of us jump tom jumped and in a moment was sitting astride of the great bird's neck in his right hand he grasped the claw of righty in his left that of lefty while these two clutched tightly hold of bellows and the poker respectively a moment later the ice cycle reached the edge and dashed wildly over it 
the kangaroo following out his plan of jumping higher still and fortunately for himself catching a passing trolley cloud by which he was borne back to the starting point again as for the polar bear and the hippopotamus they plunged out into space while the group comprising our little party from home and the flamingo soared gracefully back to earth again where the generous-hearted bird deposited them safely on top of the most convenient alp thanks very much said tom as he clambered down from the bird's neck and stood upon solid ground again don't mention it said the flamingo it is a pleasure to serve a bird defender and his friends and with this he soared away i'm glad he didn't ask me if i ever ate broiled chicken for sunday breakfast said tom why asked the poker do you do i cried tom well i guess i don't do anything else End of chapter 9